Welcome to the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. My name is Joaquin Elizondo, and I edit films and scripted TV shows in Hollywood. I created the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program to help aspiring editors start or advance their careers in post-production. I don't have any training in coaching or some fancy degree in psychology. I'm just a guy who is relentless in pursuing his goals and wants to help people do the same. But I didn't achieve happiness and success in my career alone. Throughout the years, I've come across some amazing people that have offered valuable advice and guidance. That's why I created the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program, to help people navigate the path to achieving their career goals. I've been in your shoes and gone through the same struggles. The challenges and fears on this journey are real. And I want to tell you, it is possible. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 17 of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support, especially uh, regarding my injured shoulder. Things are getting better. I got that cortisone shot. Uh, I can move it now and uh, every day it's feeling a lot better. But uh, thank you uh, for your kind words of support and for sharing your stories uh, about dealing with shoulder pain. Oh my God, it was terrible. Uh, but like I said, doing a lot better. Gonna start physical therapy soon. So all is good. But what's even better is that my good friend, editor Garrett Donnelly is on the show today. And we're gonna be talking about uh, this kind of three-step process uh, early in our editing career, which is first of all, breaking into to script the TV as an assistant editor, and then getting bumped up to being an editor, and then uh, getting that second credit as an editor, which uh, you know oftentimes uh, can be tougher than that first credit. And since I was uh, Garrett's assistant editor uh, on two shows, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the real-life experiences, uh, stories from the cutting room uh, uh, regarding this kind of process. I mean, also, Garrett was very instrumental in me uh, getting bumped up to editor. So we definitely uh, went through this together. And, of course, uh, he obviously has his own journey. So we were going to hear a lot from him and, and how he did it. But before we get to our guests, I want to invite you to join the Hollywood Editing Mentor community. It's free. All you got to do is visit hollywoodeditingmentor.com slash community and sign up for the newsletter. You'll get a lot of cool stuff like access to live virtual networking events where I'm there uh, answering all your questions and connecting you with other members of the community. And just like I say, you know, just because we're in this pandemic doesn't mean we can't network. So this is a, a great way uh, to build relationships and, and meet other like-minded people. You also get other goodies sent to your inbox. Uh, don't worry, I, I'm not gonna spam you uh, with a bunch of junk. So sign up today. Like I said, it's free, hollywoodeditingmentor.com slash community. All right, guys, so I'm very excited about this episode because we're going to be sharing a lot of real-world experiences, things you're not going to hear about anywhere else. They certainly do not teach this at school. So listen up to my good friend, my buddy, my compa, one of my mentors, editor Garrett Donnelly, here on episode 17 of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. He's back. Our good friend Garrett Donnelly is here once again on the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. ¿Qué onda? ¿Cómo estás, compa? How are you doing, Garrett? Muy bien, y tú? Ah, bien, bien, gracias. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> hey, no, it's good to have you here, dude. Uh, uh, it's been a while. 
obviously. I know. Yeah, we rarely get to uh, talk or interact the same way. <laughs> I think we we chat, text yeah. every day, pretty much, but uh, <laughs> we don't get to see each other. Yeah, you know, because exactly. we're here on doing this on Zoom. But thanks, dude, for being here. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. I want to, you know, kind of revisit this conversation that we had last year when I started the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program. I mean, you were the first kind of live virtual Q&A that I had for this program about, what, almost a year ago. Yeah, I was the, I was the test subject. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but I want to revisit that conversation where we talked about uh, ways the assistant editors can get bumped up or promoted to being an editor. But today I want to expand the conversation by talking about the early stages of an assistant editor slash editor's career in scripted television. And so I want to talk about that journey uh, from starting out as an assistant editor to getting bumped up to being an editor and then getting that second credit as an editor, which can oftentimes be tougher than getting the first initial credit. Yeah, it can be a bit challenging for sure. I mean, that's what we always say is like, okay, it's important to get that second credit, you know, right? once you become an editor. Yeah, no, I should totally understand now. So we're definitely going to talk about those three things today. So to just kick it off, dude, I mean, just tell us, man, just kind of go through that kind of that process or that, that journey, how you broke into post, how you got into editing and then eventually got bumped up and then got your second credit. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm originally from Kansas and moved out to LA when I was 20 and Honestly, just got really lucky. My brother's friend, Larry Tang, was moving from New York to L.A. to do a show. As He's a post-producer or was a post-producer and uh, was looking for a post-PA. And he said, hey, can you want to try it? Do it for the summer? Because I, I was planning to try and go to school in the fall. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. And busted my ass and uh, was able to keep the job for the whole season and and with that show, it was medium and it lasted seven seasons. So through that process, I was able to work my way up to assistant editor, which was just awesome and uh, really thankful for landing that as my first show. And, and when a show lasts that long, you also gain a lot of contacts. You know, people come in, work for a season or two and leave. And and so it really helped line things up to to be able to find the next assistant editing gig. So yeah, then I went from there to another show, Chaos, and then landed on Homeland. And then with the Homeland crew, I was able to do Ray Donovan, and that's when I ended up getting my first co-edit. So with that, it was just a lucky situation where one editor wasn't available right away for season two, so they offered me and my editor, Peter Ellis to do a co-edit and uh, yeah, just got lucky with that. So that was my first real co-edit. <laughs> At that time, were you aware of things that you needed to do to get these opportunities or to create these opportunities for yourself? For example, were you aware that you needed to network and build relationships or, or simply just be conscious of how you navigated your career, even during its early stages? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like I knew at Medium, well, A, after being a post-PA for the first season, I ended up moving to post-coordinator because I thought originally, oh, maybe I do want to be a post-producer. But I noticed I was just spending all my time with the editors and assistant editors, learning from them. And and I was all, you know, early on when I was a younger, I used to like make highlight videos with my brothers of like local high school football games and stuff. 
So uh, it was always editing was always in my mind. And then, then when I was in that environment and seeing the editors work and the stories they were telling in the room, I, I wanted to be a part of that. So then I went to the post producer and was like, yeah, I want to focus on becoming an assistant editor. And I was really fortunate to get in contact with Paramount. Uh, the head of post uh, was Hal Harrison. And he ended up giving me an apprenticeship uh, on Medium. So I was able to work my way up there. But yes, I, I knew I needed to make more contacts and keep keep the goal of being an editor always in the back of my mind <laughs> at the same time while focusing on doing the best work as an assistant editor, as an apprentice editor, doing anything and everything people ask for <laughs> and never, and, and having a, a great attitude. I think that's always really important, but yeah. So as far as like trying to make other contacts outside the show, yeah, I'd look up on the editor's guild website I would watch an episode of something and and see, oh, yeah, I really like this episode. And I would get the email contact for the editor. So then I would email him and just say, hey, great job on this episode. I really liked it. And, you know, it'd be great to someday work with you in the future. You know, that kind of thing. Just networking, get your, getting your name out there. And, and also, it's nice when you hear people say those things because you kind of think as an editor – yeah, maybe not a lot of people notice it. <laughs> what you really do, right? I want to I want to point out a couple of things from from what you just said, and uh, I'll share a very similar story about reaching out to an editor later on in this episode. No, <laughs> that's a mistake. <laughs> but I mean, the first thing is you said about you communicated that you wanted to be an assistant. You said you put yourself out there and said, "This is what I want to do." Yes. Right. Yeah. That's very important. Yeah, no, actually, that is one thing um, early on somebody told me. I feel like it might have been Larry Tang, the post producer. He was like, tell people what you want to do. If you bust your ass as a PA and and work hard, have a good attitude, they'll help you get there. <laughs> people want to see other people succeed. So, uh, like, I, I was like, okay, I need to focus on what I want to do. It's an editor. So I'm putting that out there. That's what I want to do. So I'm going to work my butt off and and let everybody know that I want to be an editor someday. I think, you know, and what I realized is this, the post community in LA has been very helpful. People definitely want to help each other out. I think it is where editing, it's a close knit group, you know, that's a, it's a small circle. You're really connected to pretty much everybody within one or two people, you know? So it is whenever you reach out to somebody I, I think they, it, they naturally want to help, you know, help you get there. Like, oh, wait, I, I want to do comedies or something. Then you, you know, contact somebody who's in comedies and <laughs> try to push, hey, how did you get in there or whatever? And also, uh, you know, going back to what you said about sending emails, uh, and this is what I tell people all the time is like, you know, if you're going to reach out to someone, do some research, like have something to talk about in that email, like, you know, give someone praise. Don't just go out and be like, hey, I'm looking for a job. I want to be an assistant. Like, it's like, hey, I watched this episode of, you know, your episode. You know, I, I like what you did here. Why did you, you make these decisions? Whatever. But something to say, hey, man, like, good work and get the conversation started. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. Yeah, it's it's not just saying hey, I'm looking for a job. <laughs> Can you hire me? Or do you know of someone hiring? It's more, and, and it's it's genuine. Like when, when I was doing it, I was being genuine. I, you know, I didn't think anything more of it than like, 
hey, that's this this person's really talented. I want to I want to know how they got there or or what they did with that specific project. So yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's I think it's important to have a reason to be emailing them <laughs> other than just trying to find a job. Totally. Yeah. I, I definitely learned that through, through my process of, of reaching out to people and how important that is to, to not, to make it about them. Yeah, totally. Well, like you, like, it, like what was your experience like when you're trying to break in? Cause you were moving from New York to LA had already kind of established yourself, right? In in New York, yeah, I had a you know I was you know had a very established career and, and was very successful out there working in, in unscripted. And then when I got to, to LA, I you know I always tell people I felt I was very confident. I felt confident that I was going to show up in LA and be like, yeah, I'm just going to start working. Man, that was not the case. Right. It was. I was had never faced so much rejection in my life, uh, you know, uh, you know, at any point in my, I think, in my career till I got to LA, it was very difficult. And mm-hmm. so what I realized quickly was that it was about networking, which honestly, before then, I had I hadn't really practiced, man, because I had always been working, and so I thought to myself, I don't need to network, you know. Yeah, you just send your resume and you get hired. Exactly, but in for. In LA, it's just different, man. Things are different. And so I started doing outreach emails. But even that, at the beginning, I was like, I was just not writing the right emails. Mm-hmm. It requires just a, a specific way of writing them to be for them to be effective. Like, did you ask to like go get coffees and stuff? Or oh yeah, that was always a, that was always a thing about you know uh, getting a, a coffee meeting. Um, and I certainly yeah, I, I think once I changed the the way. I, I wrote the emails, my, my approach to people, I started getting, um, meetings. Yeah, that's good. And, and then it just went, went from there. It just snowballed. You start getting more, you get more and more. And then, yeah, you just, and then eventually you do maybe end up getting a job, but it, but it is, it is a process. And as I tell people, it can take time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it is. It's a, it's a bit of a grind. You have to be resilient, I think. Totally. And- and accept that, yeah, sometimes you are going to get rejected. It's just a part of it. Um, it's nothing personal, you know. It's just uh, you just have to keep at it. Exactly. And and I, and I certainly, I, I got to say, I did feel, I did take it personal many times. And was I felt I didn't want to do this anymore. And I just kind of, I got over that and said, you know what, you got to keep going. If it, if someone didn't respond to you or something didn't work out, you know, it's, it, it, it's nothing about you. Uh, or if it is whatever, just move on, move on to the next thing. Don't let it get you down and keep going. Yeah, for sure. No, that's, that's great. I mean, yeah, obviously it's, it's worked out. Uh, (laughs) The point, the potion is working (laughs) so far. So good. Uh, So see how it goes. Uh, but you're going back then now to your, 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 your assisting days. I I do want to mention, talk a little bit about that co-edit because it is very important. I think as assistants, we strive for that. Sure. I mean, we always see distance. I do want to cut. We are looking for that that co-edit. I was lucky enough to get uh, to co-edit an episode with you. Yeah. Talk about the importance of that co-edit and, and how can one, you know, pitch themselves to co-edit an episode? Yeah. You know, I think it was one of those things where um, it was probably about like three years, three or four years into assistant editing. I was like, man, I'm ready to edit. I, I want to edit. And, and I was like, trying to push probably a little too hard to find the project. Oh, oh, this show, they, they hire people and they, they move people up. So I was, I was probably um, a little too eager at first. And then, um, 
and then there was just um, I can't remember who told me, but somebody somebody mentioned like, you know, it'll come when it comes. It, it, you can't you can't force something like this. All you can do is be ready. So enjoy being an assistant editor. And like I, I took that to heart. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, enjoy this process because when I step into that seat, it's gonna be a whole new amount of stress <laughs> oh yeah ball game so uh, so it's like enjoy being an assistant editor and and i remember Lori Lori coleman told me yeah it, just be infectiously happy and i've always taken that to heart it's like probably overly happy at times <laughs> and and then also just to be great at something you know i was like okay I, i'm gonna focus on on doing the best sound work i can and then once I felt like I was comfortable and doing it really well, um, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to do the best temping of music that I can. And then once I got comfortable with that, it was like, I want to do the best uh, temp visual effects. So it was like just setting myself up to, to get better and better as an assistant editor. Cause then, then your work starts to get recognized and, and, and you get more comfortable with editors asking you to do a little more you know it's like oh how about cutting a scene or two and and then you you know once you start doing that you start really learning the ropes from those guys and uh and then it kind of just goes from there it it then becomes more relationships that you build um like with you you have to i think it's important to really connect with the editor um, the assistant and editor relationship is is really important, and and I think that's that's something you have to focus on. It's are you going to get along and and okay with being in the room with this person for twelve hours, and and enjoy it and and learn. So um, yeah, so I think that's what's important to try and find the co-edit because then it's if you connect with that person, it makes it even easier for them to say, oh yeah, Garrett can do it. Oh, this person's not available for an extra episode. Hey, let's, let's throw it to Garrett, you know? And, and that's where I got really fortunate was landing with some great editors that would mentor me and were open to that when the opportunity presented itself. How do you think assistants can build uh, that connection with an editor? Cause sometimes you just connect like you would maybe in a relationship, right? You just connect at, at the gate, but other times yeah, maybe yeah. Like uh, us, we click pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. I think even before we worked together, we were working on the same show, but not, you know, you had your yeah, own assistant. Exactly. Yeah. And then I think as soon as I became free, you're like, Hey dude, do you want to work with me on the next season? I'm like, sure. And yeah, totally. that was that. Right. But how can someone then that doesn't have that connection, maybe uh, immediately, how can they build an assistant, build that connection with an editor? Well, I think it's, it's, kind of similar probably to when you're actually in the editing chair and you're, you're kind of a therapist sometimes for, for producers. <laughs> it's like you, you, you go, you go into it and kind of listen and see what they want, what they're looking for, what they expect from an assistant. And, and then you start to bond more and more, the more episodes you do together, the more seasons you work together. And it, and it kind of goes from the, it blossoms from there. It, you can't really force any of it. You just have to be natural and, and uh, uh, let it, let it happen on its own, I guess, you know, I think it is where initially you, you can, you can see just in the interviewing process, whether you guys connect or not. And even the editor will know that too, you know, they'll probably, 
hire you if you connect really well. So, you know, you talk about uh, this idea of letting things happen. And I can certainly also tie that to, say, trying to get a co-edit, you know, not being too eager about that, about getting it and just letting it happen. Trusting the process, because I've seen it firsthand with assistant editors where they are wanting to force it, force that opportunity. And it just doesn't happen when it could have if they had not been so eager and and just let things happen. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I think it's important to go to the editor first and see if they're open to that at all. You know, um, like I think when I was an assistant, I would meeting with an editor, I would always ask like, oh, are you open to letting the assistant assistant cut scenes? You know, and they'd say yes or no. And you'd kind of evaluate from there. And then as you're, you know, cutting scenes for them and then building that trust from them. Um, yeah, I, I think it just kind of, like I said, blossoms from there. Um, but, but yeah, I guess, I don't know, like how, how was it for you when, when, uh, meeting with with editors and and trying to find that opportunity would there be an opportunity there you know yeah well i mean for me it was simply putting myself out there right to say hey i want to be an editor eventually Uh, i'm here to do my job i'm here to be an assistant editor but i do want to be an editor eventually and leaving it at that and then uh, like you said the conversation by itself just blossomed into into talking more about that about that the possibility of say cutting scenes and and, and maybe even getting a co-edit but i'll say this one other thing that i did to get my first co-edit with uh, our good friend monty the graph ace shout out to him was to show him uh, a short film that I had cut. And I, and I approached it in a way where I was looking for feedback. Not to say, hey, look, I can cut. Give me some scenes. It was more, hey, I cut this short film. Can you give me some feedback on it? I wanted some advice on how I could be a better editor uh, from someone that had been uh, editing for so many years. So I think Monty saw that I could cut and, and, and was able to trust me then with giving me scenes. Uh, but I think initially it, it is that is that to also interview the person interviewing you, right? Uh, in this case, maybe an, an editor and say, "Hey, look, um, this is what I want to do, and is there is it possible to get that opportunity uh, working with you?" Exactly. I think that is really important. And uh, for me, I guess I'm I'm always looking for assistants that want to be editors. So I probably bring it up before they do, you know, to find out. But I know like as an assistant, I, I was just really fortunate where I had, uh, I worked with editors that were always very open to it. And so when I went and interviewed, it, it, I would ask you like, hey, were you open to assistants cutting scenes and, you know, someone who wants to learn from you and, and all that. And they, they always were. So, so I feel like for the most part, a lot of editors are open to it. I, I never really had a situation where I was like, oh, there won't be an opportunity here. Because I guess I never, I never accepted that job or 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 almost didn't even interview for something like that. So. And I also want to say, though, I mean, going back to this idea of um, letting things happen, you know, for me, that's how my, my first co-edit uh, with, with Monty happened. It's like one day uh, he just comes in. It's like, you're getting a co-edit. Uh, and I just like look, and I'm like, what? 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I just talked to Tim. You're going to co-edit. I'm like, Monty's the best. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, but prior to that, what was I doing? I was obviously focusing on my work, doing the best work that I could do. He would give me scenes. I would cut them. He would give me feedback. But at no, no point, I'm like, well, Monty, what do you think? I should get a co-editor. I just let it happen. Because yeah. first of all, I was just happy to be doing that job. Like That was good enough for me. I was happy to be working on one of my favorite shows and, and getting this opportunity. And... I, I, that was fine. I didn't want anything else. And then it just happened. And then I think with you, I think, uh, I think we, I remember we went out for drinks when you said, Hey man, uh, you want to work, come with me the next season? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, okay, cool. We'll do a co-edit. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I wish it was like as simple as that as an editor to be like, no problem. We can get a co-edit on this one. But you know, like I, I saw the schedule and I was like, Oh, this is, this is an episode that's shooting by itself. And for Narcos specifically, we shoot two units. And that would mean we were getting two units a daily. So the argument is easily there for me to go to the post producer and then the exec producer to say, hey, I, I want to give him a co-edit. And so, yeah, we, we were really fortunate. There. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you said, it, it comes when you least expect it. The co-edit for me on Ray Donovan and Homeland were were both situations where it just happened naturally. I got along really well with these editors. I got along with the producers. You know, one thing too is like you you cut these recaps for the execs and and they would acknowledge like, oh, great work on this and get a little more comfortable with you doing more. So uh, you, you have editors that would also say, oh, Garrett cut this scene or Joaquin cut this scene. So that also helps because the big thing is, yes, getting the editor on board, which if you connect and that relationship's good, that's not hard. The post-producer, mm, it's a budget thing. So you gotta see, <laughs> sometimes have to just line it up where it, it works for them and you. Um, and then it's the, the exact producer. So, and once you get all three, it's makes it really easy to get the studio to sign off. But that's the thing. There's so many elements to this, so many parts to all this. Yeah. It's not, it's, you know, because there is then, yeah, the, the whole, the politics, the business side of it. I mean, we're just talking about here, right? Just the relationship part of it, right? Right. It, 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 but there's so many other factors. And obviously through our experience, we've gone through it. This stuff, yeah, it, can, it, sure. it, it can, it can, you know, it's a thing. Um, and it's not just so it can go so smoothly. But it is important though, then I guess going back to this again, idea of having a mentor, having uh, support is, those, that, those people that have your back. Yes, for sure. Right? To, yeah. to establish a relationship where they're, they're like, you know, I'm going to help out Garrett. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go above and beyond to try to push this co-ed to try to get him bumped up. And that comes from establishing, you know, a, a, a healthy and strong relationship uh, with your editor. Yeah. And, and also there is like situations, I, looking back at uh, a show I was on, it was, you know, for the next season, I had asked, hey, would there be an, an, an opportunity to do a co-edit? And I remember the editor, great relationship, you know, said, you know, I, I don't really want to give a co-edit unless there's a reason to. And I was like, oh, OK, I'm that's I totally get that. I'm all for it. Um but I'll probably not come back then because now I'm looking at opportunities to move up. And, and he was understanding. And so, you know, it's just, sometimes you're, you're going to get those situations too, where 
if you're not upfront about it, <laughs> you might have wasted another season or two trying to get that co-edit or the bump up. And that that's why I think it is important to to bring it up even between seasons, you know, not just assume like, hey, we got along great. Right. Well, I want to I want to uh, spend some time here on 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 this idea of working with good people and and also simply being nice and having a positive attitude. Because there's one thing I I, I've realized is, and this just not comes from me working with you, but now that I talk to a lot of your you know say colleagues or friends, everyone's like, oh my god, I love Garrett. Garrett is so nice. (laughs) He's the best. Everyone loves Garrett. So I know you're that's true. (laughs) I know obviously you're you're a great editor, but I gotta say that I think I'm gonna assume that you probably got a lot of um opportunities because you're just people like you, man. Like you just have a positive attitude. And I and I would I'm gonna assume that even early on in your career it was the same way, and that's why editors gave you opportunities and were got your back. Yeah. And even as you moved on to your, you know, later on in your career as, as editing, I mean, people want to work with you. Yeah. I mean, like all those relationships as assistant editor, every show you're on, you're going to get something out of it. You know, it's like uh, more experience, building a relationship. And for me, I just, I'm, I just feel lucky to be doing this at all. Like I'm a, a kid from Kansas, you know, <laughs> out to LA and was fortunate with an opportunity that I was going to make the most of. And, and that's what I always try to do is make the most of every opportunity. And there's going to be plenty of times where you're stressed and uh, pulling hairs out. I, I, I would just rather go through that with a smile on my face and then, uh, I don't know, go for a run afterwards. <laughs> and how do you think we can, get connected with good people because it's, you know, I, I, I firmly, and I've talked about this before. I think just putting out a certain type of energy, I think attracts certain type of people. I've been lucky enough to work with some amazing, you know, editors, not in a sense, obviously they're very talented just like you, but I'm saying more like just nice, genuinely nice people. Um, and I think, you know, people ask me, how can I find those type of people? Cause there's certainly, they're out there. I found them, you found them. Um, and I think I, we always talk about is it, like, hey, I want to work on with good people, right? How do we find these good people? What do you think we can do to find good people? Yeah, I mean, I, like I always, yeah, just have that in my mind. It's like you know, one of the the goals of a project. I want to work with good people. I want to enjoy it. It's going to be stressful and busy, but I want to enjoy this process. Enjoy the people I'm around. So maybe I don't know. Maybe it is more giving out that energy. You receive that energy, or you just naturally kind of gravitate towards good people. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess emailing people and when you go meet with them, like you can tell. You know, I think if you connect in that way. I, I want to then now move on to to getting bumped up uh, to be an editor. When you are maybe you got that co-edit, and now you're you're like, all right, you're getting bumped up to being a full-time editor. Talk about your experience more specifically when that happened for you, and maybe any advice you give to people with getting now you know bumped up to being an editor. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it can happen on a show where you've built a relationship where an editor leaves and says, I think this person's great for the job. They should they should be promoted to editor. And that's happening more and more because there's so many projects. And, and it used to be um, where 
basically you work from June to May, you know, the, that was the rotation. If you, if your show got canceled or somebody left in October, you're probably not going to work till pilot season, or uh, maybe there might be a, a cable show in between somewhere. But um, so, so a lot of times it can be where you get promoted from within uh, my experience. I coded an episode of Homeland with Jordan Goldman, and he was going to do Tyrant. And he was like, hey, I'm going to do one episode. Um, they're looking for a third editor. I'm throwing your name in the hat. I think you'd be a great fit. And Howard Gordon was one of our exec producers on Homeland, and he was going to be the showrunner of Tyrant. So met with him and Glenn Karen, who was also an exec producer, who I worked with originally on Medium. And then they both signed off and gave me the opportunity to be a full-time editor. And it was stressful. <laughs> <laughs> once you got that, the uh, once you actually accomplish that goal and and get to that seat, you you you're nervous. You know, you're oh, stressed. Dude, tell like, me about oh, it. Now I'm exposed. Yeah, now I exactly. Don't, <laughs> I don't have that cover of a co-edit where the editor's there giving me notes and feedback before anybody else sees it. Now it's your own. And like actually my first day of dailies on Tyrant, they were like, hey, can you cut this scene really fast? Because um, they're just worried about it. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Worried about it? How? Am I, uh, should I be worried about it when I'm cutting it? And it's like, no, 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 just cut it. And we want to show it to the exec producer. I mean, part of it was probably a test on me. It's like, oh, can this dude cut? Yeah. And, uh, and so then I assembled the scene. I'm stressing out. And Howard comes in. He's like, hey, Garrett, hey, can I check out the scene? Yeah, sure. I play it for him. He's like, okay, great. Yeah, there's no issue. Let's go. Yeah. And he yeah. Out, like, all right, cool. That's <laughs> the first test. And then, you know, you just kind of use all the things you learn from these other editors and and also try to try to work your way through the footage and tell the, the story the best way you can, you know, um, and kind of go from there. But it's, it's stressful. The first episode. <laughs> oh, t- t- tell me about it, dude. I mean, and I, that's the thing about you saying like, enjoy being an assistant, right? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I realized that I'm like, wow, like you said, I am exposed now. It's a whole new ball game. And so definitely, yeah, there's no rush. Try to Enjoy the process. Learn as much as possible because when you do get in that seat, it's different, man. It is. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> you, you also, yeah, you you have to answer the questions. It's like, oh, is there a close up for this line? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Let me. Uh... <laughs> yeah, because it's like you know when I would sit in in the room with you, you know, with with the 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 showrunner and the producers. Yeah, I would just they would ask questions. I just sit back, right, and, and you were answering them, and and so, but now being in that seat. Yeah, it's like now oh, you man. gotta keep your, your head on straight. <laughs> Those big scenes too. Like I, you know, there was one show I worked on where it was I got seven hours of dailies for one scene. Uh. <laughs> it was shot over the course of two days. They had five cameras and then like a roaming camera picking up stuff. It was a big action sequence. And it was stressful. It was just digging through that footage and navigating it. And then you know, once it was assembled and stuff, you could you could see uh, what was working and what wasn't. But you know, you're you're afraid somebody's going to come in there and say, "Hey, didn't I pick up a shot of this?" Was <laughs> 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 that in uh, hour five? You think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but it, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a, 
a part of the process and it's the fun fun part you kind of just don't know what to expect you're always kind of throwing curveballs and uh and and try to figure out little problems so did you ever feel that you could when you got bumped up saying you're the first episode you did or did you feel that you could not do the job and if, if like and did how did you overcome that yeah i mean there was one experience where i was uh the showrunner comes in and he watches the first act and he's got a lot of issues with it and i'm like oh no and he's you know giving me tons and tons and tons of notes and then i would do these notes and then he would come back and he'd say no 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 this isn't working what i don't get it what are you not understanding and and uh I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm not a good fit to be an editor, you know? And, and so he was giving me, so then at that time he started getting notes where it would be like, you'd watch a scene, he'd be like, cut to the close up for take two of this line, take three for that line, wide shot here for these lines. So, you know, you're like kind of assembling it exactly how he said, and then you come in and he's like, this isn't working, this isn't working at all. Why, why would you tell me this? Like, well, that's what you said. But then the next time he gave the note and left the room, I was like, okay, I'm going to do a version with like the heart of his note. And then I'm going to do the specific version. So then, you know, 15 minutes later, he comes back in. He's like, all right, what are you going to show me? It's like, oh, okay, I have two versions. I have the one you specifically said. And then the second version, which I think works a little better, but it's, it's still the heart of your note. So then play version one. He's like, okay, version two. Okay, great. Yeah, let's go from there. And it was like that moment was when we clicked. I was like, oh, now I read his language. Now I understand it. And uh, so so sometimes you're going to run into those aspects early on, and it'll be a challenge. And But, but you'll get through it when you kind of see, try to figure out what makes that person tick. How to deliver the best product for them? Yeah, no, totally. And, and you know, I want to bring up because I know you've been through this, and and you know, and, and certainly happy. I I can relate now because now I understand all this because I just I just and recently been through a lot of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, you know, when I did my first episode with the director, you know, it was minimal notes, great time. We just did, you know, everything's looking great. I'm like, hell yeah, I got this. I was born to do this. <laughs> Come then, do the producer's cut. Started working with the producer, boom, seven pages of notes. I'm like, Garrett, Garrett, I think first come to you, dude. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and I, like, did and, I do something wrong? Am yeah. I Is it me? I think that's what I said. Is it me? And then you're like, I think one of the things you responded to me, you're like, get used to it, man. <laughs> you know, which is like, yeah, dude, and you just got to power through. And then... And then, yes, through that process with the producers, it was like the first couple of days where you're trying to find that rhythm. You're trying to click. And it's not, it doesn't happen right away. And it does get to you, man. It certainly got to me. Yeah. But you, you powered through it and, you, you know, and then, boom, you, you click and you lock an episode and you did it. And that's it. That, I got to say, it's a great feeling. Yeah, no, it's a great feeling, especially when you, um, and it's a part of a trust thing with them when they're in the room with you. It's like, do are they trusting what you're doing? Are you are they trusting that you're showing them the best? You know, and and once you click, it makes everything easier. The next episode's even easier. The next season's even easier. Right. And then they they'll ask you straight up, like, hey, is there a better take of this? And you can say yes or no, and and they'll take your word for it. Like they don't even bother once they reach that point with you. 
So that's why I think, yeah, it's it's all about relationships. <laughs> this whole business. <laughs> it, 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 I can't stress that enough. I mean, I, I, I this is what I I push in this uh, you know mentorship program. I mean, certainly, obviously, the the, the technical skills that's important. You got to know what you're doing, of course. Sure. But I, yeah, I think that's most important early on as an assistant editor. I want to I want to make sure I know that that assistant editor is going to be able to output and get that cut to them with no flaws. You know. <laughs> So like that's that's peace of mind for an editor. That's like what we want first. I I feel like you know. I think one one of the when people ask me about someone like like a, a referral or anything, the one the biggest question I get is, can they do turnovers? Yeah, turnover. Yeah, Out, or outputs. <laughs> like that is right. can, can they get this cut out? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which now I get. I understand yeah. it now. Because yeah, you just don't want to have to worry about it. You know, I mean, I'll still watch them down. You know. Uh, the output while they're outputting but um but yeah no that is a, an important <laughs> so first and foremost technically know how to be an assistant right and then all the tricks and stuff come with it as far as like sound design temping vfx music you know like one thing oh yeah i think the last time we talked about like a speed bin one an editor i worked for gerald Bethes, told me oh keep a speed bin as an assistant editor these are the ones that we know the showrunner likes. He likes this background. He likes this gunshot. He likes this cell phone for the lead or whatever. So it's just easier. It, it like it becomes easier just to load those in and save you extra time on the back end to cut scenes for your editor. Because <laughs> ultimately, you do have to do the assistant work first. And so when you're you're trying to cut scenes you have to leave yourself enough time to be able to do that. I mean, I know for me, like I like doing music myself and stuff. And, you know, I always get the assistant uh, uh, a try at it, you know, and um, most of the time it's really good. You know, something I wouldn't, Oh, I, I didn't realize to, to do that. I like what you did. So, so sound and music wise, I'm, I'm more, I like to polish it on my end as well. So it's not like a deal breaker, I guess, for me. But I, I want it to be clear and, and sound like a mixed episode because that's nowadays that's what people expect. Yeah, I just want to point out though, uh, real quick though, that that idea of being, especially as an assistant, you know, I think being proactive, you know, thinking ahead of saying how what can I do, you know, I don't want, uh, I guess, as an editor, right? You don't want to have to kind of wait to, or always have to be asking for something from your assistant. If your assistant, if you learn how to read your editor, you can be like, you know what? I know what he's going to want. Maybe this and that. Be one step ahead and have it ready. Um, and also, I guess, maybe even say, are you talking about like having a bin, you know, a, a special bin for like the showrunners? Like, if you notice all these things, say what people like, say whether it be the showrunner or your editor, and just kind of plan ahead, right? I know I understand what he's liking here. I, I understand he uses these presets or likes the, you know, his project organized certain way, whatever, but just kind of doing it, being proactive, right. doing it without being asked to, that's, I think, a very a good quality to have, especially, I think, as an assistant. Yeah, no, well, because on Homeland and at that time, a lot of shows were doing a 3-2. So you would be doing the job differently for each editor. So, so three, three, three editors, editors two assistants. assistants. Yeah, so, like, we made a, a breakdown of like how each editor liked things. So it was just easy to look at this page and quickly, you know, put on the hat like, oh, okay, cool. I'm doing Terry's dailies now. So I'll do it this way. And 
So like little tricks like that you learn as an assistant just to make all that stuff go a little faster and it helps. Right. But, but I did want to ask, how was it for you trying to find an assistant now? Since you're an editor and you now were in the role of uh, hiring an assistant. Well, I, I th- that's it. Thing it, to me, we both came down to relationships. It's like the the first thing that I thought about is who can I get along with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's the the first thing that comes to mind. And then, of course, then the next thing is like you know, especially me being just getting bumped up. I am looking in my Fresh. case for for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and also uh, just uh, you know I need a strong assistant. I do kind of need to rely on a strong assistant as far as like you know regarding their their technical skills because. I am starting out, you know, I, 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 it's just a different situation. Uh, but you wanted some experience for an experience as an assistant. And so, but I think the first thing that immediately, the first thing that comes to mind is like, who, who do I, who can I, who do I have a good relationship with? That's, and that's why, again, going back to the idea of relationships, because that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, and then I th- for me at least. And, and so the next thing is, you know, the, the, the experience or how good are they with, with, Avid kind of stuff they worked on. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I think it's that is why I also tell people like, hey, if you don't, I think that if you don't have, say, people say trying to break in who don't have the experience, I'm like, I think it's not impossible. You can certainly do it. And I think by the one thing that can help you is establishing a relationship with someone that is willing to give you a shot. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think for me, it's become like early on, same thing. It was like, well, I got to hire somebody with a lot of experience. You know, I'm nervous. I want to make sure that that end is taken care of. I, I have to focus on cutting picture. That's it. <laughs> but then it was like after a season or two, it was like, hey, no, yeah, that's great. Yeah, you don't have that much experience. I'm open to it. I, I feel more comfortable being able to uh, just have somebody I know I can get along with. Who, who can also output and turnover, but mm-hmm. right, right. <laughs> it becomes yeah the relationship thing, dude. I I, I want to move on to, to our last bit here because I know you, you got to go back to being a dad, <laughs> and so our, our, the last bit of this of this uh, conversation is then getting that second credit, which we said can sometimes be harder than the first. Yeah, as an editor, how did you get that second credit? Well, I got pretty fortunate that I got along really well with the showrunner, and he was producing another series and so he was like hey i'm gonna put you up for that so i went and interviewed with the showrunner over there and got hired and then uh yeah so i i was really fortunate things just kind of lined up and then after that uh when i was trying to find the next gig since uh that exact the time wasn't uh working out for his next project so i needed to kind of search for what else was out there and you start working your connections like, hey, I've been cutting for now a couple seasons, a couple projects. Um, if you hear of anything, let me know. I mean, I think it's always good to kind of be sending that out there, even when you're not looking for a job, like just reaching out to, you know, post execs that you've met, post producers, keeping those relationships going. And then it makes it easier to find the next gig for you. How was it? Um putting out feelers and cause you're wrapping up soon on Narcos. Yeah. Well, the thing is when I got bumped up on Narcos, I made it a point to tell people I got bumped up on Narcos. Right. Oh yeah. That's, that's a good point. Yes. Yeah. I did the same thing, sending out an email or, or mess texting whoever, whoever would listen. Cause you're also excited and want to tell everybody. 
<laughs> and look, honestly, that's kind of how also I got my now my second gig. Uh, I once I got bumped up on Narcos Mexico uh, again. I, I, I was made it a point to tell uh, everyone in my network that I was now editing. And so when I heard that this one show uh, that I had been an assistant on was getting a second season, I was like, hey, guys, like, I know you guys are going to be needing editors uh, for this new season. And so I'm editing now. So uh, I'm interested in uh, working with you again, obviously now as an editor. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 ultimately, it's tough for an outsider to then offer you an editing job for your second job. You know, it, you probably have to find some connection somewhere. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. That it is tougher, right, to say just go into a new show. Yeah, definitely. As a, a, for your second credit, it's more like I gotta look back now. Maybe again, like in my case, going to shows that I've worked on as an assistant and go that route. Yeah, you have a better shot at it. But but the good thing is, is when you start getting the co edits on your resume, even prior. People will kind of look at that like, oh, he's not just a technical assistant or she is not just a technical assistant. Um, they can cut and they want to cut. And and then, you know, the, the showrunners and exec producers all talk, too. So <laughs> it's like one will recommend you for another. So that's where it, it all just kind of snowballs from there. But, yeah, congrats on the uh, second gig. Thank you, man. Thank you. I mean, and, and, you know, I, big, big moment. That's the toughest one to get. Yeah, no. And I've, I've, like I said, going through the process, I know what it feels like now. And it's work, man. It's it's work. I mean, it's just like even going back to that, um, say, getting bumped up on Narcos. Like, you know, it was not easy, man. I mean, like it took it took an, like an army of my friends and colleagues supporting me. And even then, you know, because you get politics and there's so many things involved in this process. Right. And so that's why it's so important. I mean, I had even people who were not working anymore on the show that were supporting me and it was still not sure a sure thing. Um, but that's why I think it's so important to people have your back mm -hmm. yeah. and to build these relationships where they're like, we, you know, we're going to push this guy through as much as we can. Um, and the same thing with now the second credit, it's the same thing. I mean, you're, you're getting calls. John is getting calls. Probably Matt's getting calls. I mean, it's like, I certainly couldn't do this alone. Right. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of times what will end up happening, you get a call and it's like, oh, you know, I'm not available, but Joaquin is. I mean, he's great and, and throwing your name out there or whatever. And also just how, again, we know this, this industry is tiny. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which, which goes back to your attitude and your effort. Exactly. Is what matters. <laughs> I'm going to share something real quick because this is, this is a true story. Um, this isn't. I, I think I know where you're going with this and I don't think it's fair. <laughs> quick story here. When I was in New York, I was a big fan of Homeland. I'm watching the 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 credits. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see who I can reach out to from the show because I love the show and I want to get some advice. I see the name Garrett Donnelly. So the first thing I do, I go on Facebook, look up Garrett Donnelly, and I send Garrett Donnelly a Facebook message. Never responds. <laughs> <laughs> Never responds. Like, don't 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 believe I'm an ass. People. <laughs> no, no. It, it's so whatever. Years passed. Yeah, I was, was in New cool. York. Eventually, three I, years later, something? yeah, I moved to LA. Eventually, make it to Narcos, Mexico. I meet you there. We don't work together. You're just, we just, you know, you have your own assistant. Yeah, and then for what I think I, oh, I'm gonna add Garrett on Facebook. I'm gonna add him on Facebook. So I type search, uh, you know, his name uh, into Facebook, and that message pops up. I'm like, <laughs> wait, 
that Garrett Donnelly? <laughs> so Garrett, what the hell, man? And, and of um, course, like, we end up working together. Here we are. <laughs> I don't ever look at Facebook. Well, when you tell me that you don't respond to your mom's birthday <laughs> messages, and I'm like, okay, fine, I get it. Just you yeah, just don't check Facebook. Like in, in she went to Brazil on uh, for something uh, to help out, and uh, and she had posted like eighty messages. Me. And when you brought that up, I was like, oh, I should sign in. Crap. And so I sign in. And then I see these like 80 messages. I'm like, mom, I'm sorry. I never <laughs> responded to these photos or messages. I mean, everything was okay. It was just like updates and stuff. But <laughs> Right. So then, so yeah, uh, if you're listening to this, do not reach out to Garrett through Facebook. He's not going to respond. You don't take it personal. Nothing personal. Yeah. He's just not on it. He has an account. I, I check LinkedIn. LinkedIn um, You're more, more of a LinkedIn more person. Often, more often. <laughs> <laughs> Still not the most often anymore. Oh, man. So, but it's great. It's just funny how life works, dude. The, you know, we ended up here not only working together, but becoming good friends. And it's just yeah, life, sure. life is fascinating. You never know what's going to happen. Definitely some, some great, great advice. I mean, like, like just real life experiences from, from someone who has done it, who has a very you know, successful editing career and who's been very supportive of me and so you're, you're definitely doing right as someone that definitely people should listen to yeah i mean i think i was lucky too to to have uh, great mentors and editors that were always very champion me to to do more and and move up so yeah you know you you want to you want to spread that wealth as much as possible. Yeah, and, and the idea of mentoring, man. I mean, I, I just it's it's so important in, in any career. Yeah, it's important. You know, but it's you know we're talking about here post production, and uh, it's so important to to to, to seek those mentors um, and and get that guidance and, and support because this is something definitely that I don't think that we can do just alone. Yeah, for sure. It's a it's a community effort. I think <laughs> for sure, man. Well, hey, Garrett, dude, thanks, dude. It, it was great simply just seeing you catching up and. And having this this chat, yeah, I mean, sure. so much information in this episode. Uh, 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 people are definitely going to benefit from it. Oh, good. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, and thanks for doing this. It's really cool. Yeah, man, and 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 again, dude, thanks for all that you've done for me. Uh, you, like I said, I definitely consider you one of my mentors. Well, thanks. You do the work, man. And <laughs> every good attitude. So I'm happy. I'm happy it's all working out. Yeah, man. So so far, so far, so good, man. So so thanks, dude. And, and I hope that we could definitely hang out uh, soon. Have some carnasada. Yeah, for sure. We'll have the Valentina Black Label on the ready. Ooh, so yeah, you got to be into the Black Label stuff, dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Garrett. Hey, thanks a lot, dude. Enjoy the rest of your day, dude. Uh, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, man. That was my good friend, editor Garrett Donnelly here on the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast, sharing that knowledge, those real life experiences that will hopefully help you on your journey to becoming a Hollywood editor. Thanks again for listening to episode 17 of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review and share this episode. Share with anyone that's looking to break into Hollywood, into scripted TV editing, that's looking to get bumped up to be an editor, or that's looking for that second editing credit. All right, guys, my name is Joaquin Elizondo, the creator of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program. Stay safe, stay positive. <laughs>